Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88. Right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are. Positively different radio. In the morning, you are with the Double L Team, Larland. Lawson. Lawson, how was your weekend? Oh, so epic. Praise so God. Good. I had the most amazing Sabbath. I was really blessed to be able to preach. Uh, and then we went for a walk to Glenrock, like through Glenrock Lagoon. And like out to nice. the beach there, and then we ate lots of food. We had like hot dogs for lunch. It's funny because we have a lot of like international students, lots of Asian students, either like rice bowls or like sushi or something. And then we just like, like hot dogs. It was, it was epic, bro. It was, we had the classic Sevy sausages too, like from the sanitarium. Like, oh, so good. And then vegetarian plant based Vegetarian plant based sausages, plant based cheese, plant based mustard. It was. And I went to a barbecue on Sunday. Oh, yeah, was it good? Yeah, I took my own food. <laughs> I took my own plant based food. A, 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 classic, a classic dilemma. Yes. <laughs> Problem solved. Dude, that's awesome. And what, what, wait, why are you at a barbecue? Oh, it just, it was a, it was a, uh, it was a sporting event. Yeah. Oh, let's go. And yeah, you just <laughs> <laughs> rock up with the sausages. Let's go, dude. That's awesome. What do people say, actually? What, what were their reactions? No one even said a thing. I was expecting somebody to ask. Nobody, nobody even blinked. Yeah, welcome to 2021, That's eh? right, 2021. What is it like? That, that is truly what is awesome about 2021 is that nobody even looked. Yeah, it's like 30% of Australians now. Identifies vegetarian, so yeah. hey, we're we're almost the majority. Let's go, Lyle. <laughs> we're gonna ta- we're gonna awesome. take over. We're gonna take over, dude. That's so good. All right, so um, yeah, so you had a really great Sabbath. You yeah, yeah. Uh, got to present a sermon. I had an amazing Sabbath. Yeah, um, Saturday because I got to do a baby dedication. Oh, you, how often do those happen? Yeah, well, you know, whenever they're kind of born and sort of <laughs> come along. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Lyle. Yes. Positively different news. Let's have it. Lyle, okay, I'm going to ask you for a favour, a radio favour. Okay. Uh, Lyle, can you please, just for this morning, allow me to indulge myself on this platform? Okay. Yeah. My lips are sealed, I will say nothing. Essentially, I'm going to be talking about something very significant that happened in Australian sport last night. Very significant okay. and inspiring. Right. So, so, moving on, we're going to be talking about... No. <laughs> <laughs> so, listen, 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 listen. So, um, and there's going to be a lesson from this, right? Yes, of course, of course, of course. Okay, there's a reason for this story. It's not just... Yeah. So, for me, for my family, and for some of my friends, it is a a ritual for us. Uh, you know, it's a bit of a habit. You know, the Bible says, you know, as his habit was, Paul went into the synagogue to preach on the Sabbath. Uh, that's my habit also. I go to church on the Sabbath, and I sometimes go to preach, as I did on the weekend. But a bit of a ritual for me and my family and a few of my friends is that on 20... Uh, weekends of the year on Sunday night or early hours in the Monday morning, depending on where this is happening around the world, we watch the MotoGP World Championship. Now, for those who don't know what that is, it is the like top tier level of motorcycle racing. Um, now, you probably have either heard it, you know, maybe you've heard the name Casey Stoner or Mick Doohan or Wayne Gardner. They're the Australians who have won the World Championship before. Um, but, you know, it's not huge in Australia because we don't have a big motorcycle culture here. But this is a sport that 
tens of millions of people watch. And of course, round. this is a sport that you've got a very significant background in. You, yes. you used to compete overseas in this yeah. sport. So essentially, like this is model. the top tier of what I was doing. I used to be, before I became a Christian, for those who didn't know, I was a professional motorbike rider. I moved to Spain when I was 15 to chase the dream. Uh, also, ultimately, it came crumbling, when I was, it cu- crumbling down when I was 17. And praise the Lord, he found me at that time. And I get mm. to you know speak about it here on radio. Um, but last night, in the MotoGP race, the, you know, they just had the fourth round of the MotoGP race in Spain. Jack Miller, our resident Australian MotoGP rider, won his first ever dry MotoGP race. He so he is a, this is the now, when you say a dry race. Yes, so I'm going to explain a little bit there, but this is essentially I need to give some context here. So this is basically this is the Olympics of motorcycle racing, the best of the best. These are the Usain Bolts, the Michael Phelps, the guys. And so Jack Miller, just quickly about him, he has a very similar story to me that in 2010, as a 15-year-old, packs up life, drops out of school, moves over to Spain, and lives in a caravan, and tries to make it, you know, as a motorcycle racer. You know, he's living over there with his mom uh, and his dad for a little bit too. And and it's just like, it's a massive thing. You have, you're over there, you have no friends, you're spending all your time exercising, practicing, traveling around Europe, you know, doing what you can as just some Australian who rocked up on the scene with no connections. You know, uh, when I went over there, I was an Australian champion. When he went over there, he was an Australian champion. But there's not there's not much there. And he's a friend of yours, right? And he's a, yeah, I know him uh, for 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 a, for a while. You know, we were like you know, talking on Instagram, all that kind of thing. I don't really talk to him now. I don't really have much in, interaction with him. Um, and most of the motorcycle world, you know, a lot of the guys that I watch on TV, these are like guys you know I used to eat dinner with, I used to hang out with. Um, the, you know, the guys winning the races. Um, but you know, the, like I haven't, I, you know, I, the last year I spent in Europe was 2015, so it's been a long time. Sure. But essentially, so Jack. Um, kind of come up through the ranks, came into the Moto3, which is the lowest category in the World Championship. And, uh, you know, he was doing well, getting some podiums, and then he got, like, a golden opportunity to ride for the, the factory KDM team, which is the best team in Moto3. And he got second in the World Championship. He lost by three points, and it was arguably robbed from him due to some technical regulations. And he got taken out by his rival, and his rival, you know, in one of the races, and his rival didn't get any penalty points or any repercussions where Jack did um, for, you know, taking other people out. So basically, you know, he's, he proved himself at that moment. But then Jack, he decided instead of going into their Moto2, and then you go to the top class in MotoGP, he just skipped Moto2 and went straight to MotoGP. Uh, and that's where he was in the 2015 season and in 2016 he won his first race which was crazy because he was like a middle of the pack to back of the pack rider he was around that he was decent but you know he wasn't on very good machinery and all of a sudden he wins what's called a flag to flag race which is where it rains halfway through the race and everyone has to change bike and those races are usually really hectic so he's jumped on the bike you know people are crashing breaking down whatever he still was the quickest out there and beat everyone but it was kind of like you know it was a bit of a fluke Sure. Um, but anyways... There's a lot of bad luck that a lot of good riders have. Yeah, yeah, but he won. Um, yes, but anyways... That counts. In 2017, you know, he's kind of struggling. He was riding for Honda, struggling. He was on a small team. And Ducati gave him the opportunity to start in, in a small Ducati team. And over the last, you know, 2017, 18, 19, and 20, um, he'd just been improving and improving. And then in 2019 and 2020, again, this is the top level, the elite motorcycle riders in the world he starts getting podiums you know six seven podiums a year fighting for wins but never making it so then ducati give him the opportunity like you can ride for the top team now 
you can be in the factory team. We're going to pay you the big bucks. You know, this is the team that is worth the big bucks. This you are that we see you as a as the potentially one of the best riders in the world. Come. So he gets onto the factory Ducati team, and this is the fourth round that just happened last night. And the first three rounds, he is you know, gotten a, a seventh, a ninth, and a DNF. So he's oh. really been struggling. And that's oh. the thing. He's been quick to topping practices, topping qualifying, and then all of a sudden, like, struggling. But last night, he had a pretty low-key weekend. Because there is a point to the story. Yes, there is a point. He had a pretty low-key weekend in Jerez, and then in that qualifying, qualified third, everyone was like, oh, wow, that's really good. And then comes out in the race and absolutely smokes everyone. Just, like... Just destroy, just destroys, just destroys, and um, like we're sitting there like watching. I read him off. I was like, because he got the lead, and lead, and I'm like, oh, you know, his tires will, you know, wear out, and he'll go and whatever. But he just kept gapping and gapping and gapping, and I'm like. Jack's going to win the race. And, you know, then he is last lap. We're all sitting there, like all the people sitting with us. It's like five of us. We're like, you know, shaking. And then he crosses <laughs> the line. And we're like, yes, yes. We're so hyped, so stoked. And he's going around and, you know, they're doing the cool down lap. And he's like waving and everything. And it was just amazing. And he comes in and they, they're interviewing him. And he's breaking down in tears. Like they're talking to him because, dude, as an Australian rider going over there, the years of just being a against the wall but and even in his current situation against the wall jack you're not performing you're not winning races like we were supposed to lots of people online jack why aren't you winning jack why aren't you doing well and he wins and then he gets up on the podium and the australian national anthem's playing and when the national anthem usually plays people are like pretty quiet and he's up there singing the national anthem with tears streaming down our face we're watching tears are streaming down our face like i've never been so proud of an australian sporting moment in my life um but look, you know, like at the same time, so he wins a podium, he wins a bottle of champagne that he gets to yeah, yeah, yeah. all over the place, yeah, and a few million dollars. I'm sort of yeah, 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 comes yeah, along yeah. With that. yeah. But the reality is, if you compare that with the race that we each run every day, yes. we have so much more to win, don't we? Hundred you know, percent. We can we, we can get excited over we we see yes. Australia like yeah, go for it. Yeah, but there is so much more that we can win. Today. Amen. You know, I was watching and I pray for these guys. Like, I'm like, man, please find God. Mm. Because if you're willing to give everything like that for your country and for your sport, like, man, come to Jesus because he is willing to give everything to you. Like, please. Like, and that's how I feel when I watch this. But yeah, it was just emotional and inspiring. I know I used a little bit of time to, again, indulge myself. But yeah, it was just so- it was something else. <laughs> You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. All right. All right, Lyle, what's happening? So um, calls. This is a bit of a recent discussion that's been floating around recently. I thought we'd uh, talk a little bit about it. There's been calls to get rid of the uh, statue of Charles Darwin at the Natural History Museum that's in so London. hectic. Well, is it or isn't it? I mean, there's been a lot of statues that have been torn down in the last 12 months, mm-hmm. and it's been it's all been over racism, and Charles Darwin is the father of modern racism. Wow. And a lot of people don't actually realise that because you've got to look at racism in a number of different stages. So racism really began, um, you know, and particularly when you talk about slavery and so forth, slavery has been a part of our world for, you know, the last 4,000 years or the last 6,000 years for that matter. And uh, the issue always used to be um, the issue of subjugated people. Mm. And so it wasn't that they were seen as being um, a lesser race 
they were just subjugators. Like, our country conquered your country, therefore you're our slaves. End of story. Mm. And so they didn't see them as being, you know, less intelligent or less developed or anything like that. And, of course, when Protestantism came along, um, it saw subjugation as being immoral and tried to find a a more moral way of justifying slavery. Yeah. And it took Protestantism, you know, 150, 200 years before they were sort of like, yeah, no, we just actually can't find a moral moral way of justifying slavery. Mm. And they sort of started the process of, well, we're more civilised than these people, therefore um, they are there to be our working our working class, mm. more or less. And, you know, you had class society and that kind of thing. What Charles Darwin did was that he took the Protestant concept, which had been done away with in the UK by the time he came along, and he gave it a scientific basis. Mm. And so um, the idea behind it was that basically um, if you look at, you know, if you look at the origin of species and if you look at the process of evolution, Charles Darwin saw everybody on a spectrum of evolution. Mm. And so if we are evolving into more advanced species, then you're going to have degrees of advancement spread across every different species. Mm. And so in the human species, you're going to have some humans who are more along the evolutionary path than other humans. Mm. And, of course, um, he believed that humans had come out of Africa, that they had originated in Africa, and that because the African continent was less civilised, according to Darwin, than the European continent, then we had started off, all human beings had started off as Africans, as black Africans, and had, and, and the more evolved species, of course, had become white. Mm. And so, you know, if you if you read in, in Darwin's Origins of Origin of the Species, you'll find statements like this at some future period, not very distant as measured by centuries, the civilized races of man will almost certainly exterminate and replace the savage races throughout the world. Wow. And this of course oh. was based on the fact that Yikes. you know um, the Africans had wiped out the Neanderthals and well then at some stage the Caucasians will wipe out the Africans. Mm. Um Continues on here, at the same time, the anthropomorphous apes will no doubt be exterminated. The break between man and his nearest allies will then be wider, for it will intervene between man in a more civilised state, as we may hope, even than the Caucasian. And some ape as low as a baboon, instead of as now being, uh, as now between the African or Australian and the gorilla. This is pretty heavy stuff. Mm. And so, you know, people are sort of starting to wake up to this and they're like, okay, this guy, this guy, this guy created a scientific basis for racism. Mm. And uh, should we really be having his statue uh, in the Natural History Museum? Now, what's interesting about the Natural History, History Museum is that it was built as a Romanesque cathedral to, because it was um, something that was to honor the God of creation. And the original statue there was a statue of Adam. Oh, wow. Uh, but the statue of Adam was uh, um, taken out, I think, in the 1940s uh, due to the bombing of London and it was replaced by the statue of um, Charles Darwin, Charles Darwin. But in, 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 in a different spot. But the founder of it, the founder of the museum, put the statue of Adam there because he was bitterly opposed to Darwin's theories. He thought that they were racist and he thought that they were 
unscientific. Wow. And so wow. it's like, no, we're not going to have, you know, we're going to have a statue of Adam here so that forever after, when people come to the Natural History Museum, then they're not going to be, not going to be confused by Darwin's rubbish. Mm. Okay, so the question is, what do we do with the statue of Charles Darwin? Uh, clearly somebody who was incredibly racist and created a scientific basis for racism. Well, well, this, like, further developed into eugenics, right? Yes, that's right. Like, which is one of the most racist, like, things ever. <laughs> and eugenics has come in a number of different formats. The uh, current format for eugenics is called abortion. Yeah. <laughs> Man, this is a heavy show. It is a heavy show. Oh. And, uh, hey, if uh, if there are things that we're talking about here that trouble you, then uh, give Lifeline a call or give us a call here yeah. on, on Faith FM and we can connect you with people that uh, that can help you. But these are we need to talk about heavy subjects. Yeah, 100%. And that's just, that's just the simple reality of the world that we live in today. Mm. Eugenics is a way of getting rid of the lower socioeconomic uh, portion of our society. That's mm. reality. Mm-hmm. You look at the at what is actually taking place, um, and you know at at best it is seen as you know. Well, anyway, we won't get in, sidetracked into that. But we yeah, talk about, the, the we talk about yeah. Do we leave this? Do we leave the statue? Because you know I am super against cancel culture. Yes, I think it's the worst thing ever, right? And I am super against Charles Darwin. I think his theories are the worst theories ever. Mm-hmm. So do I join cancel culture and get rid of the statue of Charles Darwin because I don't like Darwin, or do I stay with my opposition to cancel culture? Oh, man, I don't know. Uh, all I know <laughs> is God help you if you okay. go on Twitter. Okay, okay so don't here's, do that. <laughs> so, here's, so, here's, so here's what we want you to do as a listener this morning. We want you to let us know what you think. Does Charles Darwin's statue stay or does it go? Mm. All right, so our number is 1-800-324-843 or you can text us on 0491-064-669. And you have to remember, let me add to this, that Nazism and all of the Nazi theories on race were based on Darwinism. Yeah. Darwin was Darwin was, uh, was the scientific founder of the philosophy of Darwinism, mm. of Nazism. It's also like even, even like because the, the Ku Klux Klan... Is yes. essentially the religious Darwinian. version, it, it, but it's it's Christian Darwinism. That's, that's exactly what it that's, is. That's that's what like that's literally because exactly you know we sit here today and, and there are there are modern spiritual you know Christian movements who are like oh no you know we accept theistic creation and all these things. I'm like you are li- like this is what this is what like the single most hateful group of people in the world believe. Okay, now think about this for a moment because. Uh, in the United States in particular about, at the moment, critical race theory is saying that a lot of uh, you know, Western normal scientific principles are inherently racist. Mathematics, for instance, is described as being inherently racist because it presents um, absolutes. Mm. And because that is against certain cultures, then mathematics in and of itself is inherently racist. This is, this is what critical race theory is arguing at the moment. What I find fascinating is the only scientific thing that critical race theory doesn't argue against is the theory that is 100% racist. racist. Wow. <laughs> the only one that they don't fight against. So they'll go after mathematics, but they won't touch evolution. God, That's a sacred God, cow. Bro, oh, so silly. 
Okay, so here is what I believe. I'm going to give you my opinion on this. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to hang on to my opinion. I want to hear your oh, opinion. Intense. I'm going to come back when we cover our text messages. We're going to cover our text messages, and, and we're going to find out what you all think, and I'm going to share with you. Should we get rid of the statue of Darwin or not? Does he need to go? You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Yes. Wow, interview. Yes, joining us on the phone this morning is Jason Cook. Jason is... Well, Jason is kind of, I guess, in some ways, my opposite number down in Tasmania. So I have super exciting uh, announcement to make this morning. And that is starting today, I believe, coming out of Tasmania, will be the morning show. Jason, welcome to the show. Good morning, Lyle. Um, yeah, I'm not sure that uh, it's equivalent to yours because we come just after yours. So we, we're not competing with you, but we're following on from your program. Yes, yeah, so we, we, we have the breakfast show, you have the morning show, and so I just want to tell ah, everybody okay. this morning. Yeah, 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 that's right. Um, <laughs> I just want to tell everybody this morning to make sure that you stay tuned um, when we finish off, because uh, the yeah the Tasmanian uh, morning show will be will will be will be starting. It will be live today. Yeah. Yes. So uh, I'm, I'm I understand it might not be live right across Australia today, but uh, definitely in Tasmania for all our Tasmanian listeners. That's that's my understanding. So at some point, I think there's a, a thought to take it national, but for now, it'll be for Tasmania. Okay, so while you uh, test out all the systems, iron out all the bugs and get it running. Hey, Jason, I just want to say that, you know, as a very proud Tasmanian myself, I'm super happy to, uh, to see this, this coming out of, you know, our, our smallest state punching above their, uh, above their body weight here. Um, Jason, can you take us through the, uh, the, the, the morning show that you're going to be presenting there and a little bit, you know, it's going to be different from what we're doing here on the breakfast show. Um, what's it going? What's going to be the look and the flavour of of this uh, of this particular show? Okay, so uh, the show is going to be uh, presented by five different presenters. One presenter per day. Um, we'll be broadcasting from nine a.m. to ten a.m. Um, and we're also rebroadcasting in Tassie uh, at four thirty p.m. So. If uh, people miss it at 9 a.m., they can catch it again at 4.30 p.m. So uh, an hour presentation or an hour um, program where we've got, I guess, a mix of uh, discussion, presentation. We've got uh, um, our, our pastors lined up to present, but I guess for them, they uh, are typically used to uh, preaching sermons, and we don't want to make it another uh, sermon-style program. It'll be a more interactive um, discussion type program, and uh, each each pastor has their own topic which they'll be following through over a series over over the weeks as as the weeks go on. Um, so yeah, I guess a bit later we can go into some of those topics. Uh, our our program is actually going to be called Tassie Encounters. Okay, so Tassie Encounters, and uh, that's going to be fantastic to have Tassie Encounters right across Australia. Tassie is a very popular state uh, around Australia right now, so I think that's a, uh, a a great title for it because, um, yeah, I guess a lot of people sort of uh, look to Tasmanian and, and sort of, you know, wish that they could live down there, but not everybody gets that opportunity. I've spent a long time since I've lived down there now, but who knows, one day I might make it back to uh, back to the promised land. We, 
I call it the promised land down there in Tassie. Um, now, as you were saying, so okay, so you're going to have five different presenters, and you're going to be. Let me let me understand if I've got this right. You're going to be the um, the, the 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 regular who the regular person who's on for each of those five. Is that how it goes? Yeah, so I'm the common thread, and uh, the uh, pastors will be um, either coming into the studio or in Tassie. We've got uh, a bit more of a challenge than perhaps some others uh, in the other states where people can all come in. But in Tassie, because we have pastors uh, many, many miles away, we're actually bringing those uh, presenters in um, remotely. So we have three remote presenters covering right from the northwest, uh, Launceston, and uh, uh, Scottsdale um, coming coming right down to Hobart as well. So we're covering the entire state with our with our program and our presenters. Some mainlanders might be questioning whether it's possible to be many many miles away in Tasmania. Well, it's uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's still a fair drive. I, I know is, it's small it distances compared to some distances on the mainland, but uh, if you're talking about a daily program. Trying to uh, to bring a pastor down here to do a one hour slot and then uh, travel back again, we felt that uh, that wasn't a, an effective use of time. So we uh, are going to be dialing them in remotely. And uh, but yeah, from the listener's perspective, it won't uh, sound any different to uh, us being in the studio here. And that's the wonderful thing with uh, technology. We were actually um, ha- my co-host here on the breakfast show there for a few weeks was um, Angela. And she was uh, co-hosting from Michigan in the United States, um, which was yeah. kind of unique. And it's just, I guess, it's the world in which we live. The knowledge has increased to the point where men no longer need to run to and fro. Now, yeah, um, Jason, I'm wondering whether you can... Okay, so your show is going to be a little bit different from ours. So we have a regular host, co-host. You're going to be the host and you're going to have five different co-hosts. So you're going to have... A, a, a good amount of variety there. So you're going to have a different flavour each day. Um, who, are you, who are your five co-hosts? So on Mondays, starting today, we've got David Leo. He's the uh, pastor of our Devonport and Deloraine churches in Tasmania on the uh, northwest. And um, he's uh, originally from New Zealand and uh, he's been a pastor in Tassie here for a few years now. He's a young guy. He's married with three children, and and he's uh, really passionate about um, the stories of the Bible, in particular the stories that, that Jesus has been uh, sharing with uh, the people around him, and then uh, how they relate to us. And so his his topic is uh, called personal encounters with Jesus, and uh, he's really hoping that uh, through those programs that listeners will be inspired to encounter Jesus for themselves. So that's uh, Monday with David Leo. Fantastic. And then uh, Tuesday, what have we got happening on Tuesday? We've got uh, Gary Webster on Tuesday. So Gary uh, is a, a name that our listeners um, no doubt would have heard on Faith FM in various different programs. He's our conference president down here. And uh, his passion is really in archaeology and uh, the evidence of the, you know the historical um uh, digs and what have you that that can uh, be connected to the biblical accounts and and he'll be going through some of that uh, uh, historical information that has been uncovered through archaeology and um, yeah you know Gary's Gary's uh, as you're aware is a, a very experienced presenter he presents uh, 
all around the world with his uh, different programs, but his passion is really uh, that um, that history. He's, he's got degrees in science, ancient history, religion, and archaeology. So he, he puts all of those together to present quite a fascinating uh, series on on uh, connecting the Bible and the evidence uh, for the the historical accuracy of the Bible. It's not every day that you have a church pastor who also has, as you say. Uh, a master's degree in archaeology and along with degrees in science and so forth as well. So a very, very educated individual. I'm actually super excited about this particular um, the, the Tuesday show because I've been chasing Gary Webster for a couple of years now to do a regular monthly interview here on The Breakfast Show and every time I see Gary's like, oh, yeah, yeah, are you an interview? Are you an interview? I'm like, yeah, you owe me about, you know, 25 interviews. But anyway, um, it never has happened. And uh, I just want to say that this is going to be, you know, having heard a lot of Gary's material because, as you say, he is a uh, an international presenter. He's a well-known name. Um, this is going to be fantastic. Super looking forward to what Gary has to share. Jason, what are we going yeah, happening on? Yeah. Uh, yeah, sorry, what are we going happening on Wednesday? Wednesday is uh, one of our other pastors from uh, Bernie. He actually covers Bernie Church, um, I believe, uh, perhaps uh, Olveston. Bernie Olveston and King Island is uh, Ryko Selick. He's the pastor of those three churches up on our northwest, and. Um, he, he's got a program that's called 3MJ, and it's a little bit mysterious, but um, on our first program with him, he's going to delve into a little bit more about what that actually means. But uh, his passion is, is really studying really quite in depth the, uh, the mission of Jesus. And so that's uh, he's got a number of series, uh, a number of programs that he'll be running through um, covering the life of Jesus and, and his mission. Okay, so we've got one person covering the stories of Jesus. We've got another person covering the life of Jesus. This sounds like it's going to be uh, a good balance and a good mix right here. Uh, what happens on Thursday? So Thursday we've got Peter Watts. Now, Peter has recently joined us in Tassie. Um, I know that he came from up your area previously and uh, was actually working on um, a program with uh, another Presenter up there, I believe. Danny Milenkov. Um, Danny Milenkov. Since been taken yeah. over by his 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 seat is uh, now occupied by uh, Sharissa Tarosian, uh, but a well known name. He was part of the Drive Show up here uh, in North New South Wales, and so it's going to be good to have Peter back on air again. So, what's Peter going to be talking about? Yeah, so Peter's program is called Searching for Certainty, and um, Peter will share a little bit about his his journey and his um, his. Um, I guess discovery of of God and and his his journey towards that and as a, as an atheist as he was younger he 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 came to uh, discover God in in different ways and he's going to share that um, I guess that that process uh, that he went through and and some of the evidence for God and and really uh, basic you know exploring the philosophical implications of God and what that means for us. And, uh, yeah, so it's a fascinating thing, I guess, for if we have any listeners who are, who are still exploring and still, you know, questioning, this is going to be a great program for them. Yes, and Peter, as you say, uh, he originally comes from the UK. He uh, comes from a background that is very atheist. And if you go to the UK today, you're going to find that um, it's a very, very secular country and you've got a lot of people who are 
you know, they've, they've, they've grown up in an environment of decades, well, of, of generations of, of, of secularism. So there's sort of no knowledge of God at all. And Peter's conversion story is just incredible. It is powerful. Um, and, you know, Lawson, you, uh, Peter played a big role in your life when you came to Jesus. Yeah, guy baptized me, bro. Like, he, he preached an evangelistic series up here in Newcastle and, uh, I was baptized through it. So, I mean, I love Peter so much. He's, he's a gun. I got to do some work with him well when I, as well when I became a Bible worker. So, dude, I love that. I'm keen to listen, bro, because I just love yeah. the guy. Going to be going to be great having Peter follow us along here on the breakfast show, and then on Fridays, finally on Fridays, Jason, what have you got uh, planned for Fridays? We've got uh, David Maxwell. He's our pastor at Launceston and Scottsdale churches, and um, his program's titled "Amazing Love." Now, uh, David's got a real passion for looking at how God demonstrates His love to us in practical ways, and and so he's going to be. Uh, Doing a series on on this topic of amazing love, he's starting on on the uh, the, the chapter of Psalm twenty three, and uh, over time he will flesh that out and really give us some good insight into how God shows His love for us. Um, David's a uh, Queensland originally, and he's just recently moved to Tassie, and uh, but he's got an interesting background. He's uh, Worked in the Air Force uh, before, and uh, and then in information technology, and more recently uh, as a pastor. So it'll be good to get to know David a bit more. And for, for me personally, because some of these pastors I don't know all that well, but uh, through these programs, I'm going to get to know them as well. And uh, I'm sure our listeners will enjoy to get uh, enjoy getting to know them as they present their programs as well. Jason, that's amazing. Uh, finally, I just want to ask you about yourself. Uh, who is Jason Cook? What do you do? How did you end up uh, running a morning show on breakfast on, on, on the radio? I guess I'm a bit of a reluctant uh, presenter here or, or co-host or host. Um, but uh, my uh, background is really more in the technical side of things. Um, I, uh, you know, I've done a, a communications engineer or electronic um, engineering degree and then went into IT um, but I've always had a passion in uh, in audio and and production and recording and and uh, producing music. Um, but interestingly enough, uh, how I think God sort of brings things together is when I was 17 years old, I actually volunteered at a Christian radio station um, back in the 80s, and uh, I, I was uh, assisting the the engineer there who was doing all sorts of technical stuff, but. Um, through my year there, I, I was doing three days a week. Through that time, I ended up doing a uh, uh, a number of live programs as well. So that was the last time I was actually on air as a radio presenter or announcer was when I was 17, 18 years old. So it's been a while, but um, here we are <laughs> back again. And uh, as I said, I'm a bit of a reluctant uh, host of this program. I, I, uh, I love doing the technical stuff, but, um, you know, Sometimes we've got to step outside our comfort zone. Absolutely, and I'm just uh, so thankful that God has called you to this ministry, Jason. And, uh, yeah, so, all right, um, just want to tell all of our listeners, uh, in Tasmania, uh, the morning show will be following the breakfast show at 9 o'clock from 9 till 10. Um, give them a week or so to iron out the bugs, and they'll be going nationwide. So looking forward to that. And, uh, Jason, God bless you as you follow on after our breakfast show this morning. Thank you, Lyle.
Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.